0: Thank you for waiting. We're now boarding all passengers on No Blackout Dates Airlines. All aboard, No Blackout Dates to... Do- Wait. Where the hell are we going?
1: No Blackout Dates. Zero Blackout Dates. Good to see you. Good to see you. How you doing? Nothing, nothing. Really and truly all day long like 7-Eleven.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've ruined countless Christmases, weddings, funerals, directly my fault.
1: I wanna like charm the front desk person and get that upgrade. Is it like sympathy that works? Is it bribery? What's gonna get me there? One of the guys I was with was on a dare and he had
2: to follow this woman on the automatic conveyor walking belt and propose to her. What's up everybody? Welcome to another week of No Blackout Dates. My name's Tim. And I'm Evan. We got a great one for you today with our new buddy, Danny, who is a check-in desk dude at the Grand Junction Regional Airport. Danny has seen it all. Uh, Working in the airport, he deals with people right when they get there. He deals with people when they're getting on their plane. He deals with people when they're getting off the plane. And he's got a lot of stories to tell you about one of the most interesting places in the world.
1: Yeah, I think check-in dude is his official title. He's the first person, like Tim said, that you see when you show up at the airport all tired and disgruntled and stressed out. And he deals with a lot of people from the problem passengers to the super generous ones. This guy has the power to upgrade you to first class. And he tells us exactly what you have to do to get that. And he tells you what people do to piss him off on a daily basis.
2: Yeah, and he also seems to get a fair amount of stuff given to him. He goes into how that happens, why people tend to be nervous when they go into the airport. And some of the things that irk airline employees, which I think we've all probably been guilty of at one point or another, even if we don't want to admit it. I'm sure that I have done or said something at an airport when I'm stressed that has probably not come across very well.
1: I'm sure you have too, Tim. Before we get into that, we are actually going to change things up a little bit this week. Usually we do our hot take section after the interview. But this week, we're going to move it up top to the front of the show. Uh, We've gotten a ton of feedback from you guys that it's your favorite part of the show. So we wanted to put it right up front. You want to go first? So my first one is right on topic for today. And it's kind of
2: goes further on something we've touched on on the show, because I know that you are a last minute arrival guy at the airport. And I'm wondering, what could an airport do to make you actually want to get there and hang out?
1: I think lounges do a lot to negate um my desire to get there at the last minute because a lounge you can sit there and eat and drink and just hang out in a comfortable environment a lot of the the, the reason to not get there early is because you don't want to be squeezing in next to in a small seat in the general gate area with a bunch of other people so i think the lounge is is the play if you don't if there's no lounge access or if there is no lounge in the airport or if you don't have a lounge card i'm still going to be that guy 100% of the time i will get to the airport last minute every single time. I think the closest I've ever cut it is maybe being like second or third to last to board. But I've never been like the last guy on the plane where everyone's looking up at you like, uh oh, we're, we're late because of this guy. Like that's never been me. So until something like that happens to deter me, I, I'll, I'm still going to do it. What about
2: a really long security line? Like how can you be sure that you're not going to encounter that?
1: They tell you to get there three hours early for international flights, two hours early for domestic flights. I'll usually shave an hour off of both of those estimates. So for international flight, I'll get there two hours in advance, domestic flight one hour in advance. And I've never, ever had an issue. So it doesn't matter what the line is. They don't want you to miss your flight. It's like playing with a house edge. You know, the airline wants you to win they're not trying to like pull one over on you and leave before you get there. They want you to get on that flight cuz they don't want to have to deal with you if you don't get on the flight. Yeah, fair enough. I I get that. My
2: next question is something that I guess is in regards to something that used to be at the airport and I just kind of had to frame this into a question because I look at my notes, I have this I have a note in my phone where I just kind of jot down hot takes ideas as they come to me throughout the week and this one just says Orange Julius. and (laughs) Orange Julius, do you know what Orange Julius is? And when was the last time you had Orange Julius? And have you ever had it
1: at an airport? Is it some kind of uh, like anxiety disorder? Orange Julius? (laughs) I have no idea what it is. Orange Julius is like a smoothie shack. It's like the
2: original smoothie shack from like the 1980s where it used to be in like every mall and food court and all that kind of stuff. Airports, that's where you would go if you had a family. You would go get an Orange Julius.
1: And it was like orange. Never heard of it. Orange flavored smoothies. Is this is this going to be like a fluff debacle where I look it up and it's a Colorado based thing? Okay, it was founded in Los Angeles, so I'm thinking this might be a West Coast thing.
2: Maybe it's a Western U.S. thing, but man, when I was a kid, I loved Orange Julius. Like every time I went to the mall or anywhere where there was one. I mean, that's it's, where we it's were still in
1: business, you know.
2: Yeah, but I don't think there are very many around. It's kind of like going the way of Blockbuster.
1: So you're okay. So the way you're talking about this is like Surge. You remember Surge, the drink, the soda?
2: Yes, yes, I do remember Surge. You put it on the table, and then
1: you say Surge, and everybody runs around to the Surge. The way the way you're talking about Orange Julius is the way that I think about Surge, like as if it's this bygone uh, beverage from the 90s that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think
2: Orange Julius probably had hit their peak and was in the decline by the late 90s, I would
1: imagine. Okay, hey, keep an eye out for Orange Julius if you're ever in a uh, West Coast airport. All right, well, that's what I got. All right. What is the strangest thing that you've ever seen in an airport?
2: You know, I think that strangeness in airports has gone downhill post 9-11 because pre 9-11, you didn't have to go through security uh, to get to the gate or you didn't have to have a boarding pass to get through security to get to the gate. I remember one time when I was an early teen going with a group of people to the airport because we were bored and we just wanted to hang out. And while I was there, one of the guys I was with was on a dare and he had to follow this woman on the automatic conveyor walking belt and propose to her. And so he was on his knee moving down the conveyor belt behind this woman that wanted absolutely nothing to do with him and wouldn't even turn around and look at him. And he's like holding his arms together, like begging her to marry him. And I think that's probably up there. And I think you used to see a lot more of that stuff at the airport. Now I think people are paranoid when they're in the airport and they're anxious and they just want to get to where they need to be and sit down.
1: So you think that airports of days gone by were more fun, free, flexible. Think of any other word that begins with F that, that kind of vibe. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Like you used to, another thing I remember, and this was actually post nine 11, but like when I was probably in my twenties, you know, early, mid twenties, we used to go to the airport when a friend was coming into town and like hang out and drink at the airport, even when we weren't, flying anywhere and i couldn't imagine doing that now
1: or are you the kind of guy that would hang out at like a like an applebee's or a chili's or a buffalo wild wings like would that would that be your like with like a go-to bar or would you st- like stay away from it specifically because it's not a local dive bar or a local pub or something like that
2: I don't think I would cultivate it into a place I go regularly, but I don't avoid. I wouldn't avoid it. I'm not not going to go somewhere if somebody wants to meet me there.
1: Dude, what's your favorite chain restaurant?
2: I think I would probably have to go with Chili's, uh, if only because I can't think of a better one right now. And always liked Chili's better than I liked Applebee's. For me, and it was always a better place, so I would go with Chili's.
1: Uno is my number one by far. Bomb pasta dishes, rattlesnake pasta probably my favorite pasta dish i ever had in my life spicy alfredo chicken jalapenos unreal giant menu and two dollar desserts two dollar desserts tim that's a big uh, cookie warm cookie in a skillet apple uh, apple pie with ice cream two dollars eight quarters tim you can get that stuff you can have it you can be yours um also potentially a hot take Hooters has awful wings. I don't think the wings of Hooters are good at all. None of the food is good at Hooters. Nobody goes to Hooters for the food. But they say they do. It's like saying you read Playboy for the articles. But Playboy, I think, actually had good articles. (laughs) The wings at Hooters are awful. Is Hooters even still a thing? Yeah, of course. All right. So yeah, Hooters wings overrated. Uno number one, not just in Spanish, but also in my in my mind and in in reality. So question number two: If you were to work in an airport, what is the one job you would take tsa check-in desk restaurant worker anything
2: i would work at the bookstore that's the one thing i always do when i go to an airport is i always go into like the newsstand bookstore and i'll look at books i'll usually buy a book or i'll buy like a usa today i think
1: i would be the the guy at the lounge that checks people in because then you don't have to deal with the uh The peasants, you know?
2: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I'll tell you what I wouldn't want to do is the lost luggage department. No, no. I'd work with the upper crust of society in the lounge. You know, we got to get somebody that works in a
1: lounge in here. We got to get... That's got to be a guest in the future. They have some pretty funny stories because I bet most people that have lounge passes are absolutely insufferable people. (laughs) Like, the smallest amount of power that's ever gone to anybody's head is people that have lounge passes. I mean, yeah, I know I have lounge passes and I'm like, I
2: feel like, a, am awesome when I go into the lounge, you know?
1: But like, it's so funny because it's because the airport food in general, airport food and airport convenience is so lacking that when you get even a little bit of that, which is the lounge, you feel like you're VIP at the Bellagio in a penthouse. Yeah. So when they like let you in and you stroll into the lounge, which is literally just like a, bef- like a cafeteria buffet style setup with like some couches that might be comfortable. If you're lucky, you just feel like this absolute baller. What really it's just like, it's shitty, it's shitty finger sandwiches. It's like the kind of spread you'd find at a really, really, really low budget film shoot. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That is my last hot take for today.
2: All right. Well, we'll get into it with Danny and we will see you. On the other side. Okay, well, we're here with our buddy Danny. Danny, uh, what what's what are airports like these days? Are you starting to see it kind of pick back up? Are people loosening up at all, or is it still like a totally different world from where it was a little over a year ago? Uh,
0: it is different, um, but in the last uh, the last couple months, we are seeing a, a big increase back to pretty much normal uh especially specifically this weekend uh spring break uh it's the most full i've been in a year i'm curious this is something i've always kind of wondered about uh about
2: airports and and kind of the scene around them do people that work in airports hang out with other people that work there like do you hang out with the bartender and like go for drinks after work or is it like everybody kind of keeps to themselves in their own little department
1: and people hang out like inside the airport. Like, I always wondered, is it kind of like a. I always pictured people who work in malls <laughs> that it's like this weird, incestuous environment where everyone <laughs> who works at a store in the mall must date everyone else who works in the mall and they hang out at the bars in the mall. And is it similar in airports or do you just want to get out of there the second you get off work?
0: Uh, for me, I just want to peace out and do my own thing. But uh, there's definitely uh, relationships. In the entire airport um you know our fuelers are dating some of my co-workers and uh i was gonna say like so what's
1: do you have much interaction with people who work in other aspects of the airport that are completely different than yours so if you work at the check-in desk and you see a tsa agent who's super hot do you have any <laughs> any way of talking to her or is it like oh, that's a, it's a whole separate world?
0: Yeah, no, totally. We, I mean, I know almost everybody at the entire airport by name and I would think similar back to me. Uh, there's not a lot of hot people working at the airport. Guys <laughs> or girls, uh, So you're, you're kind of limited here. <laughs> Why do you think that is? <laughs> need to start getting my boss hiring different people or something. It's a good vibe though. I mean, uh, yeah, pretty much I know everybody from TSA to the airport management, to the fuelers, to the emergency crews. It's kind of like a little airport family.
1: And how did you get into doing this? Did you want to work in the airport? You were like, I, this is, I'm into travel. I want the benefits. I want to work for an airline. And it was a very intentional thing or did you kind of fall into the job?
0: Yeah. So it's, All about the benefits. Uh, Originally, when I was a little kid, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh, my mom did what I do and just got me hooked on traveling. Had a great childhood, thankful uh, for my mom having a sweet gig that got to hook us up with that. What exactly is the
1: benefit that you get? Uh, You get completely free flights. That's sick. I thought
0: that was just for like flight attendants. No, no, you could be a bottom of the barrel bag thrower and you get free flights.
1: That's crazy. So is it anyone that works in the airport at all? Or like, so if I work at like the Margaritaville in the airport, do I get free flights? Is that?
0: Nah, you don't get nothing. Uh, you, you, you
1: get like a single pour margarita once a day
2: after your shift is over. That's what you get.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would trade you some buddy passes for uh, hook hookup on some drinks, but, uh, yeah, you gotta. It's specific to each airline, um, and everybody's different. But uh, yeah, I mean, international, you pay a little bit on the taxes, and uh, other than that, it's completely free. It's all standby, so you, you may or may not make it, but. That's pretty
1: sweet. And now, so now that I know this, and now that I know that you have buddy passes, I'm especially happy that we had you on the interview because me and Tim are looking for some new friends. (laughs) (laughs) No strings attached, (laughs) obviously. Perfect. (laughs) Can you
2: parlay those benefits to like a customer? If you have like a super cool person that comes up and they're like, you know, just a good all around person. Can you be like, yeah, man, I can, I can throw you an extra check bag or whatever
0: yeah uh, yeah I can I shouldn't <laughs> it it, uh, it depends on the situation uh, I mean uh, or, or a free flight just to totally like yeah take my buddy pass <laughs> you know what, man I like the cut of your jib don't know
1: you but you just strike me as a stand-up guy here take a free flight Yeah, totally uh, yeah well I'll hook you up man
0: uh yeah you can do that you could you could get uh, the hookup for somebody. The ultimate goal is to find uh you know a girlfriend a wife that works at uh, a hotel as well so you get their perks when you're staying somewhere and then they get your perks
1: i love i love the whole like transactional relationship thing just like no actual emotions or feelings or connections just all about (laughs) buddy passes and free
0: hotel perks. love it it's the perfect life it sounds great
2: (laughs) uh what about on the other end of that what are some of the weirder things that you see in your interactions with flyers are there some I bet you get some crazy questions
0: sometimes. Uh, I mean, you get a lot of just not very bright people that don't travel much and they're so lost. I mean, it's just a completely new experience for them. Nothing too crazy. People, people are just in general crazy. So like, if something goes wrong, uh, for some reason when you work at an airport, you are the reason it's wrong the customer is always right sort of thing and people can really like go off on an airport agent for some reason.
1: Isn't that the biggest lie that's ever been told in human history that the customer is always right? Yeah, they
0: are generally not. (laughs) The customer
1: is like 95% of the time wrong. Speaking as the customer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, people will really go crazy on you and, uh, Most of the time they're just trying to vent
1: because you'd think that people going on vacation would in general be in like a good mood, but it seems to be the exact opposite in most cases. Yeah. It's super stressful. airports bring it out in people.
0: It's a very stressful place for a lot of people that, you know, they only do one trip a year and they spend their life savings to go to Hawaii and, uh, I'm the one who screws it up for him.
1: Has there been any standout incidents that have come to mind?
0: Uh I have been threatened um by a guy who said he hopes he sees me around town.
1: <laughs> Was it Tim or
0: <laughs> It might have been Tim. Tim gets a little testy. <laughs> He's coming for me.
2: <laughs> I I'm I'm a testy flyer, let me tell you, until I get that uh until I get that ginger ale in me, I'm I am not stoked. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've ruined countless Christmases, uh, <laughs> weddings, funerals. I mean, every year I ruin at least five or six Christmases directly my fault.
1: <laughs> Is that on your little like LinkedIn profile? <laughs> Worked here for five years, have ruined at least six Christmases a year. Hoping to hoping to top that next year. Really trying to set a record. Maybe ruin a Hanukkah. Like really diversify. <laughs> it seems like there's got to be
2: like the cool guy on the other end of that that like, hooks you up with like a freaking case of beer or something
0: for like making his day. Oh, totally. Yeah. People give you leftovers, anything they can not take on a plane. Uh, I've gotten like a bottle of whiskey and like a 16 pack of beer. And, uh, I mean, when people's bags are heavy, instead of paying extra, they just start giving you their stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked to a guy who works
1: the, the desk of a hotel. Uh, recently, and he was telling us about the immense power that the front desk guy wields at a hotel and how he can like ruin your life or make your day. What's the nicest thing you've done for someone, upgrade wise or perk wise? You can upgrade people to like first class, you know, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Um, not generally supposed to, but uh, you know. So, what strategy works best for that? So, if
1: I'm a guy who's going in. I want to like charm the front desk person and get that upgrade. Is it like sympathy that works? Is it excessive kindness? Is it bribery? What's what's gonna get me there?
0: Uh, for me, it's excessive kindness. Uh, it goes a really long way. Uh, all you gotta do is just be you know normal person, be polite, and uh, you could throw a little hint in there and be like, "Oh hey, how's the, the first class situation looking?" But no, yeah, we we uh we'll hook you up if we can. It's kind of rare these days that you can. Yeah, they want us to gouge you for everything. I mean, every little seat, every bag, every inch. And uh, we don't have to. If you're nice, we won't. If you're a dick, we will. <laughs> what's the, what's the number
1: one thing that you do gouge people on? Like like that you kind of upsell people on that they wouldn't otherwise have paid extra for, but ultimately end up doing so anyway at your suggestion.
0: Uh man, we nail people with overweight bags, and people don't see it coming, which is crazy. Like you don't prepare.
1: Yeah, that's kind of their own fault, though, right? It is totally. Yeah. So
0: uh, I mean, we usually be like, hey, if you want to take out these uh ten pounds, you're gonna save a hundred bucks, and then they get all like, oh, I can't, I can't take anything out. And it's like, well, well then. <laughs> You gotta pay. <laughs> that's
1: a that's a great way to extort people, actually, because you could be if the guy that kind of looks like a pretty well off family. Be like, hey, yeah, uh, your bag looks a little overweight. Like you might want to offload some of those items. Happy to. Take I them. hear that Rolex. Yeah, like that, that watch looks pretty heavy. <laughs> those Rolex watches are really heavy these days, aren't they? <laughs> Oh, that laptop, like you just need another like three pounds. That laptop, little oh, MacBook Pro, huh? That looks like it's about 3.5 pounds. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: just totally live. Like, uh, yeah, you need to take some stuff out of there and <laughs> I'll take it up again.
2: If you wanted to like cash in on like maybe the perk of relocating to an airport near a beach or something like that, is that pretty easy to do? Totally.
0: Uh, I actually relocated here to Grand Junction I um, originally started in Sacramento, and uh, yeah, they're they're totally cool. Um, if there's a position open, you're you're top spot for it. What's the application
1: process like to do something like that? I know flight attendants; it's like very very rigorous. Uh, no, we'll
0: take you. We'll take anyone. Uh, <laughs> All right. Super basic. I literally uh, when I got hired, they did hire on like 15 people at once. Um, they literally asked me six questions and. Figured out I was a normal person and sent me to get my fingerprints.
2: What's the security like going to work every day in an airport? Do you have to like scan your fingerprint and go through a scanner, or what's it? What's the deal
0: for employees? Uh, no, they just do a original background check, and then the airport, as you apply, um, and they also run a background check, and you have a badge that will let you in all the doors. Nice. Yeah, you're just a trusted person at that point.
2: You know, you kind of hear about like in the summer, there's a wildfire and they're calling in firefighters from all over the country to go fight this fire. Does that happen with like a busy airline? Like, oh, we need to call in staff from like three states away to come handle this massive crowd because the Olympics are happening or because it's the holidays or something like that. Do you ever get asked to fill in anywhere else?
0: Uh, yeah, I've actually I filled in down in Montrose um, during one of their ski seasons uh, for Telluride. But uh, this summer, I've potentially been asked to go up to Kalispell, Montana, which is like 10 minutes away from Glacier. Cool. uh, National Park. And yeah, they just have a huge influx of tourists in the summer. We don't even actually fly there in the winter. There's just no demand for it. Yeah. Uh, But it's just like a temporary, like a four-month run. And uh, I'll be super fortunate if I get to check it out
2: what what about working up your way kind of through the airline is there a pretty set way to do that because it seems to me that people that work at airlines like you're at the airport everybody has a very different job you know like you're not all of a sudden they're not going to call you out to go fill up the plane with fuel right like what's the career path look like
0: there where i where we're at in grand junction um being that we're a super small airport we do like 90 percent of everything other than fueling Uh, I mean, I can in one day check you in, go up to board your flight, and then I can go outside and load your bag and push your plane out and dump the shitter and clean your plane. But there's definitely room for moving up. Everything is seniority. So the more time you spend, uh, you're definitely going to move up. You can go straight from uh, nobody first day, you know. And uh, move your way up to a supervisor, to a manager, and then I mean you can continue up the ladder.
1: At what point do you get to make hiring decisions so you can start, you know, doing something about that demographic problem that we <laughs> talked about?
0: So now I get to sit in on the interviews.
1: Okay, there you go. You got some input,
0: so I can op- observe and uh, recommend.
1: Like so, Danny, what's uh, what what, what do you think this Air- Grand Junction Airport needs to make our our workforce better to really take us to the next level? Ah, I just need just better looking people. Just, that's it. Dude, That's better looking. Airport. Basic What's customer
0: service. Uh, people like to work with good looking people.
1: <laughs> hey, that's uh. If someone's coming, like if someone's frustrated, they're annoyed, they're stressed out, they're coming to the check-in desk, they're late for their flight. Who do they want to see? Fucking Tim or some hot chick? You know. <laughs> we got one more question. Then we we have a section where we have a listener
2: question. This is something that we were gonna ask right off the top, but we're gonna do it now. Uh, kind of more at the bottom. What are some of the biggest pet peeves that you have of of air travelers? What really annoys airline staff?
0: Oh, man. The biggest one for me is when people show up late and they try to blame you for it.
1: And how does that go? How do they blame you for that?
0: They say, uh, uh, you know, I've I've been waiting here for you. I got here on time. And it's like, well, you weren't here on time because I was here. And they just try to argue and say... Oh well, you closed early or something like that.
1: And you can't really argue back with them either,
0: right? Yeah, you pretty much just have to insinuate that they're lying without calling them a liar. And uh, yeah, I've had people say, "Check the tapes." And I was like, "I'm not checking the tapes." Check the tapes. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, let me just go ahead and get right into that security camera right now. Like, let's just do that. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's. I hope that you're not like that, Evan, because I know you're a last. A last minute airport arrival guy.
1: I'm proud to say that I've never had to like beg for someone to let me into a gate or to check me in late. Yeah, the other reason though, I never have anything to do with the front desk people because I don't check bags. So if you as long as you can check in online, which most most airlines you check in online, and I don't check a bag, I don't think I've talked to, talk to a, a check-in desk guy in like four years.
0: Yeah, that's the way to do it. Uh, that being said, though, uh, I have met a fairly solid relationship out of somebody who missed their flight. So
1: okay, how did that how that happen? Let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, this story just got more interesting. Yeah, uh, just working a flight. Uh, we were actually oversold, uh, so I'm hoping someone's gonna miss. And uh, we do close it on time. You know, everybody's got their 30 minutes. We're not gonna leave you behind on purpose and uh yeah came back down she was not a very polite person about it <laughs> and uh didn't know that uh, i it was my decision because they uh tried to let her on late and i was just like no can't let her on late we're oversold <laughs> and uh she found that out about two years later <laughs> that uh i was i was the person who made the call that she didn't get to come home for Thanksgiving.
1: did you keep her there on purpose so that you could talk to her more
0: so, it was kind of a funky situation. Uh, it was a holiday, and we were full for, like, the next three days. And I happened to be going to Vail the next day, so I offered to drop her off at the Vail airport. And... Uh, Worked my way
2: in? So you were the the dick, and then you were the hero. You were both in the same situation. You played
0: both roles. Well, I was secretly the dick, but I came off as the nice guy who saved the day.
1: (laughs) Here I thought you were this, like, noble guy who was like, no, like, I don't really take bribes. I follow the (laughs) rules. I don't really, like, fuck customers over too bad. Like, no, you literally refused a girl to go home for the holidays because she, you were like, yeah, she's pretty cute. Like I'm going to keep her prisoner here in this airport so I can talk to her and maybe drive her to bail. Two hours on the drive to bail. Captive audience. Jeez. Genius though. Genius.
0: <laughs> it worked out in my favor.
2: Well, that's a good way to end that. We're going to move into our, our next session and then we'll let you go. This is our listener question where we have a running call of listener submitted questions and we try to choose one that is appropriate for the guest. This one, I think, uh, many, many movie guests or movie stars, excuse me, could have implored this advice at some point in their, in their films. If you want to book a last minute flight somewhere, what is the actual best way to do it? Is it to like rush into the counter and like, be like, Hey, put me on your next flight. I don't care where it goes. Or should you like do it at home first?
0: You should totally do it at home. Unfortunately, it's not something we really control as far as, like, the pricing. Uh, that being said, they're going to gouge you for last minute, which is you would think it would be the opposite, like you're trying to fill this seat, so you're going to get the cheapest fare. But uh, it's this weird situation where airlines know if you need to get on that plane, you're going to pay whatever it takes. So they actually jack up the prices the closer you get to it. Leave.
1: are there any situations that someone shows up and says i want to get on a flight It doesn't matter where it is put me on a plane like you see in movies like does that actually yes happen in real life that does happen and you're
0: very curious about what's going on um but there's nothing you can do you just say okay here's your choices so
1: where do these people go so if they do want a flight to anywhere they don't care where 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 in general do they end up going
0: uh california
1: it seems like and are they by themselves or with other people
0: i've only had ever people just like by themselves where they're just like i gotta get out of here
1: <laughs> wow grand
0: junction must suck tim <laughs> i don't know where i'm going
1: but i gotta get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah
2: yeah it's like either that or they just got fired from their job that day and they're like they, they can't bear to be around this city anymore but all right, Danny. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I know it was uh, kind of last minute. We really appreciate it. That's
0: all good. Thank you, guys. It was an honor. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it, guys.
2: Okay, well, here in our brand new section, we're kind of call it, for now, at least the travel take where we kind of dissect the conversation we just had with our guest and pull out the most actionable information, Of which today, though, is a lot because I think everybody that is a traveler As like this view of airports and what goes on there. And when you're actually talking to people that work there, you get like that view just exploded.
1: Yeah, and I always find that I learn the most from people who I interact with on a very regular basis in jobs like Danny, like at the airport check-in desks or like when we had Betty, the flight attendant on, but of whom I know nothing about, nothing about their job and of which I've always been very curious. So this interview falls right into that sweet spot. Well,
2: the first takeaway
1: that I think uh, is
2: really standing out from this interview to me is that if you work at an airline, you can fly for free to wherever you want to go. And that includes international flights
1: as long as you cover the tax. I've always thought that flight attendants have such a cool job because they get to fly for free wherever they want. But I also have always thought that being a flight attendant must be miserable. Your internal clock is all messed up because you're flying all over the world. You can't have space to yourself. You're always being hassled by customers and having to deal with super rude people in a stressful environment. But I've always thought, is that worth it to be able to fly for free and travel at your leisure? And I don't know. I still don't know. I don't think I would like to work at a check-in desk either, but it's certainly a lot more, more low stress than being a flight attendant.
2: I think it seems like a great gig to get your foot in the door in the world of travel. You know, if you don't have a job that already provides a fair amount of travel perks, I would say working for an airline is something that's just going to guarantee that you're right in the center of that action and I think it's a relatively easy thing to obtain. As Danny said, he pretty much showed up, took an interview, answered some questions, they figured out that he wasn't a psycho with a massive
1: criminal record and he had himself a job in the travel industry. So, yeah, compared to being a flight attendant, which is much more rigorous, much more difficult to become one. If anyone wants to be a uh, an airport check in desk guy, sounds like if you're not a felon, you can just stroll right in. So it is a great way to get your foot in the door. a Great way to get some perks and possibly a great little travel hack for people that want those travel perks, but don't want to go through the hassle of and the the much more extreme lifestyle of being a flight attendant.
2: And that kind of leads right into the next takeaway, which is that you can transfer to another airport pretty easily, which is something that Danny did uh, coming out here to Western Colorado from Sacramento, where he was before. Obviously, if you're at a big airline that flies in and out of most airports in the US, or at least an airport in most cities in the US, you got a pretty wide range of places you can go.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of like the first point, it opens up a lot of opportunities, a lot of travel options. And if you're someone who's not really sure where you want to live or work, and you want the flexibility to be able to travel, pick up and go somewhere else and stay in the same job, this is the perfect way to do it. Yep. And the next takeaway, the close knit community, which is Accented by the way
2: we were actually plugged in with Danny, I have a mutual friend with him here that is my neighbor, Will, who is a fellow travel writer. He's flown in and out of the Grand Junction Airport so many times and he flies on Danny's airline. So he sees him every time he goes to the airport. And Danny just started recognizing him and they both figured out that they have a lot of the same hobbies and have kind of become friends just because of Danny's job and the fact that Will travels in and out of the airport all the time. So you're obviously meeting people in a wide variety of lifestyles on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. The airport community itself is very close knit, whether you're TSA working the restaurants, front desk, doesn't matter very tight community. People tend to bond over shared trauma. And I think the trauma is dealing with uh, us passengers. Also on the passenger side, you heard how Danny met his uh, girl with whom he was in a relationship for, I think he said, like two years. A little sneakily, a little underhanded, but I'm all about it. And I think it highlights how it's a good way to just meet people in general and be social and interact with people from all walks of life because airports are those places where you have people coming and going everywhere in the country, and the world. And it's just this crazy cross section of humanity that you just don't get anywhere else. This is kind of the last thing I want to touch on. Do you think that having a job like Danny's where you're at the
2: airport, public facing every day, removes the need for a dating app on
1: your phone? (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think that because you meet so many people coming through every day.
2: Yeah, whereas somebody like us that works remotely and especially during the last year of the pandemic, we're pretty much just in our house all the time, whereas he's out public facing still. And not only just public facing, he's public facing with people from all over the place doing all kinds of different things and meeting
1: a wide variety of people. There's a big net there. I think people that have public facing jobs of any kind, whether it's being a waiter in a restaurant or doing what he does, have an easier time meeting people in general than people who work remote like us. But do I think it erases the need for a dating app? No, I think it is a good compliment to it because it's not a job that is inherently social. It's a job that there's not a lot of time for chatting up the people in line. I think people are who are waiting in check-in lines are pretty antsy to get past you. They see you as like the first obstacle to their flight experience as we've talked about before You're someone to be dealt with and then moved past. So I don't think a lot of people are trying to socialize. I think if on his end, if he were to see a girl he wants to talk to and try to try to like strike up conversation with her, the people behind her would get pretty pissed off because they're like, all right, can you stop socializing? It's my turn. You're holding up the entire line. So I think it's a little bit too high stress of an environment to really take advantage of the social benefits. I agree. But all in all, pretty cool gig. Danny seems like a good dude for it. What I've always wondered about is, since you brought up the dating app thing, is dating apps in airports. Because it's almost, you would think it's the most ridiculous and useless place to use a dating app. Because anyone who's in the airport one mile radius is almost 100% not going to be within that one mile radius 15 to an hour from now. So is it pointless to even try to use a dating app in an airport? Well, let's take that a little further. Do you think anybody has connected with somebody on a dating
2: app in an airport and changed their flight to go to where that person is going? The
1: answer for me is never, no, that's not possible when it comes to dating apps. But events would have to move so quickly because you fire it up, you have to swipe in, on, on a bunch of people, you have to match with someone, you have to strike up a conversation with them, find them in the airport, hopefully they're in the same terminal if you're in a bigger airport and then get along well enough with them to actually do that to miss your flight of course it's possible uh is it probable probably not
2: but as you said it's probably happened
1: i found myself just out of habit and boredom waiting for my flight i'm even like half hour left to my flight i have nothing to do and no more work to do and i'm just sitting on my phone scrolling through apps and i'd like pull up tinder without even thinking and i'm sitting there thinking like what on earth is the point of this Like what, what, if I got six matches right now, right off the bat, I wouldn't be able to talk to any of these people. So why, why is this even on my phone right now? But I, I have instinctively just brought it up as a reflex and then immediately realized this is so dumb.
2: Well, you have a, you have a new assignment, Evan, for this show now is to go next time you fly to try to Tinder and meet somebody in the airport. Even if you only talk, even if you only talk to them for
1: five minutes connect with somebody and at least talk to them. I'll get there like 16 hours early. You know who has probably done this? Stevie's definitely done this. That's, this is the kind of thing we'll ask him. This is the kind of thing that he's definitely done.
2: Yeah. He's, he's traveling for spring break right now. He's probably doing
1: that as we speak. Yeah. Stevie's currently on his one week off. Uh, he started just for the record a week and a half ago. He's already on his week off. He asked for three weeks. We've given him, I think like, I think he's taken like 10 days. Um, He's in Lake Havasu in uh, Arizona. Definitely, definitely going to come back with COVID and tell us that he can't work for another week. All right. Well, I think that'll about do it for this one. Thank you so much for
2: joining us. Head over to Apple leave us a five-star review. Let us know if you've ever tindered anybody in the airport. That is something that we would love to talk to you about if you've done that. If you have any questions, you want to submit a listener question, you want to uh, suggest a guest for us, shoot us an email, no noblackoutdatespod at gmail.com. My name is Tim. That's right. He's Tim. See you next week.